0: Welcome to How To Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence.
1: One of our most frequently asked questions is, how do I discern my vocation? Which makes sense, because in a world that changes so often, it can be difficult to pick one state of life. That's why we'll be looking at the best way to choose a vocation and how to get started.
0: On today's episode, we start our four-part series on vocational discernment by looking at marriage. Along the way, we'll share a hack on praying novenas and give some insights from our own marriage journey. Let's get started.
1: proud of us, Kevin.
0: Wow. I am too. Do you know why? I do know why. Why? Because we're consistently podcasting and that's the goal of this season. That's right. Yeah.
1: Two in a row. We're doing it. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very um, excited. I feel like I say this every time, no matter what we're mm, doing. <laughs> I yeah. say I'm very excited. But we wouldn't be doing this if I didn't get excited about it.
0: Yeah, who would want to do like, hey, we're doing this new episode. It's gonna stink, and
1: let's do it. And it's lame, and you just turn off like your it earbuds.
0: Be, yeah, it better be exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's not just this episode. We are mm. beginning a new series, a four-part series to be exact.
0: Usually, it's our we do two parts.
1: Mm-hmm. But this, this is, is four. four. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done a four-part series. Big step. Yes, but this is a little different. We are doing a discernment series beginning with, tonight, we're doing how to discernment marriage.
0: As you probably already know, because you, you clicked we on saw this episode. the episode, episode. Yeah.
1: exactly. But after this, we are also going to be doing discernment of the different vocations. So we're doing marriage tonight. Coming up, we're going to have Sister Mary Elizabeth Alberts on the show for how to discernment religious life. Now, if you're not familiar with Sister Mary Alberts, she is a member of Salt, which is one groovy nuns' order. Sister Miriam James, so you might be familiar with her. She's pretty amazing. And what I love about Sister Mary Elizabeth is that we went to college together.
0: So, like, we knew her before she was a sister. Yes, when she was like dating guys and stuff.
1: Yeah. So super
0: fun insight.
1: Yes. So she's gonna be on our next episode. And then we are having Father Josh Johnson on for How to discern Priesthood. If you don't know Father Josh Johnson, you are missing out.
0: And I, like, did know him before he was a priest, but I wish I knew him, like, in high school and college.
1: Oh, that would have been so fun. Super fun. Yes. So I have, like, five favorite priests, and he's one of them. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, he is wow. definitely my, one of my top five favorite priests.
0: That's great. Well, maybe we can ask him some questions about him in high school and college. Yes. Kev,
1: well, fun. you'll be doing that interview. Kevin will be. Uh, Father Josh right. has a Kevin. yes. <laughs> Father Josh has a book and he has a podcast. So just look up Father Josh Johnson if you're not familiar with Father he Josh. Is so legit. He he is so legit, and we also have a fourth episode, which you might be thinking, wait, there's you know, marriage, there's priesthood, and there's religious life. What would the fourth one be on? It's actually not how to singlehood. That's a great debate that we're not mm-hmm. going to get into right now. It yeah. is how to consecrated virginity, which is a very misunderstood, very not known mm-hmm. vocation. And we're going to be having Andrea Polito on and she is local here in Denver. She goes to our parish and she is a consecrated virgin. So she's going to come over for dinner and we're going to record right here in the office. And she's she's great. I think you're going to find it very fascinating to learn about her life and what that means to be a consecrated virgin. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I always think we talk about the three types of vocations, but like, hmm. I'm excited to like dive in with her. Like, where does this fit into that paradigm? Because I honestly don't know how to explain it. So I'm gonna let her do it. Yeah, it's so that's what's a, coming up.
0: Super fun series. Great job putting it together.
1: Yes, I'm really excited about this. So. Kevin, tonight we're doing marriage, which we're going to do because we're married. So we discern that. So we qualify. We don't have to have a guest for this one. I hope. I hope. Why don't you do what you do and give us some vision for tonight?
0: Boy, I feel in some ways like vision for marriage. There's so much you could say. And I feel like whatever I'm going to say is probably not going to like encapsulate it enough. But I'm going to try. Okay. So we're going to start with a catechism quote. Good place to start. So this is catechism 1660. It says, The marriage covenant by which a man and a woman form with each other, an intimate communion of life and love, has been founded and endowed with its own special laws by the Creator. Um, By its very nature is ordered to the good of the couple as well as to the generation and education of children. Christ the Lord raised marriage between the baptized to the dignity of a sacrament. So a lot going on here. But we really want to center on this idea of that marriage is a covenant, because I think that's the best way to describe it. So we've done this before, and we've gone through salvation history, and we've talked about the different covenants.
1: Oh, it was a three-part series. Wow. Good yeah memory.
0: And the thing about covenants is, is that they help us understand sacraments because covenants and sacraments are very interrelated. And understanding what a covenant is between us and God helps us understand when God calls us to a covenant, something more um, in marriage, what that looks like. So a covenant is this idea that you give your entire self to someone else. So in in the sacraments, we give our entire selves to our Lord because he's given his entire self to us on the cross, right? That's a very simple understanding of it. And so it goes beyond um, just say like a contract, which would say, hey, if you uh, give a certain amount of goods and services and I give you something else back, we have this kind of like, you give me something of equal value to to me. But with a covenant, it goes much further where you just say, I'm all yours. I'm all in. And I think that is a really good place to start with marriage is just understanding, um, understanding just how significant marriage is and giving one another, to each other. And uh, with the other um, the other sacraments, the other religious uh, life.
1: Vocations. Vocations is
0: what I meant, yeah. Big V. Good thing you're here.
1: I know. I was listening this time. Sometimes I space out when you talk. <sighs> I was tempted to think about Most my of the time m- when
0: you talk, <laughs> I space out. I That's another part of our marriage. We won't go into that.
1: No, I said sometimes. <laughs> but I was tempted to think about my new chair I'm getting for my desk. And <laughs> <laughs> I refrained. Wow. I'm really excited about my new chair. (laughs) Super
0: excited. That's good. It's okay. That's great. So I think that I never thought of this before, but with the other vocations, thank you for that word, you're giving yourself over to our Lord, which is great because you're like, oh, God's given us everything. But with the sacrament of marriage, you're actually giving yourself over to another human being, which is much more scary because you're counting on that person giving themselves over to you as well. Of course, with with the other vocations, you're counting on our Lord, but you're like, "Oh, He's really dependable, dependable. He's God." But with marriage, you're counting on the other person,
1: and I might not be dependable.
0: I mean, I didn't say that,
1: but, that's but yeah, what, that's what human. you implied
0: totally. Yeah, and I and think true. Anytime you talk about marriage and even what marriage is, it's all in the context of our culture today, and our culture today is very different than what I described in a covenant. Our culture today is very actually contract oriented. It's more like, "What are you giving me?" And I'm going to give you back something in return. And that totally filters into marriage all the time where um, we see that's why we have such a high divorce rate because it's like I'm not getting something out of this relationship and what I'm putting in or or whatever it might be. You know, um, We're a very individualistic society. We don't want to depend on one another. We don't want to have to be um, uh, like attached to somebody else. We want that like quote-unquote freedom. Uh, we change a lot. Uh, we're constantly changing, I think, a lot – of a direction of our life, and so this idea of this thing that continues with marriage—that I'm I'm going to be in my ent- entire life—is very countercultural. And um,
1: he's not dying; he's just been sick for three weeks. Don't worry. Uh,
0: and then we just have different desires. Like we live in a society based on desires, and that sometimes means what we want in marriage, and sometimes it's not what we want in marriage. So I love this idea of covenant. But also wrapped in the context of our world that often says, yeah, marriage isn't what I always want or um, think I need at the time. And that's what makes it uh, increasingly harder and harder in our world.
1: And that's why it's important to discern it and not just totally. assume, oh, I'm going to get married. That's yeah. just what you do. No, it's a, it's a choice that you're going to make. and. Yeah there's two steps to it. First, you're discerning, well, am I called to marriage? Which is what we're going to talk about tonight. And then the second step is, am I called to marriage with this particular person? Which is not what we're going to get into tonight. We're going to get into just asking that question of, am I even called to marriage or not? Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be giving you six ways to discern, kind of slash prepare for the vocation of marriage. Because many of you probably have already discerned that you're called to marriage, which is what the vast majority of people, Catholics, in the world are going to be called to. Totally. So we also want to talk a little bit, okay, so how do we prepare for that at the same time? Yeah. So, you ready to dive in?
0: I'm just, I just feel so fortunate you listened to my intro. I
1: did, I did. I, it's, it's we have, okay. That's go. good. No, it's good. Yeah. I
0: was just making light.
1: <laughs> okay, so the first way to discern would be to... This is a little counterintuitive, but ask the Lord if you are called to the priesthood or religious life. Hey, that seems like a trick. That does seem like a trick. But here's the thing. If you are called to the priesthood or religious life, then you don't want to be doing things that are discernment-oriented in another direction. So now... That doesn't mean that you're going to know right away, but you need to at least ask, like, hey, God, like, do you want me to be a priest or religious? And if the answer is yes, well, then great. You can save yourself a lot of time and heartache dating and trying to figure out what God wants from you. If you first ask him, like, first things first, like, do you want me for for yourself, Lord? Yeah. And if you can discern that before you even enter into the whole process of discerning marriage, well, then you might save yourself some steps.
0: Yeah. And I think... Um, one thing to keep in mind, because you said first things first, is this idea that giving ourselves over to the Lord, that is actually number one. Like, that's that's the highest call.
1: Isn't it St. Paul is like, if you can be <laughs> single, or what? what is he, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I know
0: what you're talking about, but I'm not going to pull out the verse, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I think that's, that's true, is just realizing, you know, the goal is to give ourselves over to the Lord in an objective sense. Now, subjectively, though, like, God's made— us differently, and so we might say, oh, that'd be great if I could, but actually, like, what I feel called to is marriage. Like, that's what I think God's calling me for, my greatest holiness, you know? Mm -hmm. And that can totally be legit and justifiable and make total sense of it, obviously.
1: Mm -hmm. And they're both wonderful holy vocations. Yeah. We're not saying, like, well, if you can't cut it, then you can get married. (laughs) Yeah. You can be super holy and be married. Totally. Uh, And the fact that we have lots of married saints proves that point. Yep. So... But I think it's important to ask, first and foremost, ask God, you know, hey, do you want me for yourself first? And if he does give you an answer, well, then you start taking steps in other directions. But maybe he will give you that answer at the beginning.
0: And you can learn more as we go through this series. Yes, On about the, the
1: different vocations. Yeah. So that's the first one. Pretty cut and dry. Yeah.
0: Number two, um, you know, how do you understand that discerning marriage is hanging out with married couples in various stages of life, I think is really huge, especially with little kids. I think this is something that when we were in college, that we were able to really bless to be around married couples with small kids and say, this is what the life looks like. You know, this is, this is in real life what a husband does when he gets home from work, like fourth quarter dad, like he just worked a full day at work, but like it's time to hang out with the kids. And like, this is what it's like to be a mom. Like, well it's been a long day. Yeah. And
1: fourth quarter dad's a football analogy. Yeah. In case people don't know what that meant. Yeah,
0: so it's this idea that like, you know, and when you're playing football, fourth quarter is the most important to make sure you nail. And the same thing as a fourth quarter dad's like you go throughout your whole day, but your fourth quarter, your most important part is when you get home, hang out with your family and kids and like making sure you nail that just as a, a football player holds up, you know, four, like to remind everybody it's the most important quarter. Uh, that's the same thing for dads too. Mm-hmm. thanks yeah. for unwrapping my analogy
1: you're welcome it's because um, i'm a good listener
0: great listener and so mm-hmm. you know that that was you know for me like i had never changed a diaper before until college hanging out with the family mm-hmm. and them just leaving their child with me which seems insane now <laughs> um but they needed to teach class and i wasn't in the class and so here i was with the child and oh it needs a new diaper okay i've never done this before like this is what it's like to be a dad. Like, this is what it's like to be around little kids. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, obviously now I change a lot of diapers.
1: And that was huge for both of us because we are both the youngest in our families. And I just have one sister and you have one brother and one sister. So small families, I know for the world today, those are normal family sizes, but we had no real experience with kids outside of my babysitting.
0: Yeah. But I think that's the point is like most people you know, they don't have a lot of exposure to small children. Like, they'd have never seen that stage of life in their family. They have such small families. You don't have necessarily, like, um, you know, the the nieces and nephews around or the cousins. Like, you just, if you don't see it, then you just, you don't know. You don't have any knowledge of it whatsoever. And I feel that's more and more increasingly common in our world of, like, yeah, I don't know little kids. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. in my family, like, that never was a thing, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really just seeing marriage lived out, um, in just real time. Totally, and I think that's one way you discern is you go and experience it, right? If you want to discern going into religious life, you could go visit the order and actually like spend time there. Well, mm-hmm. you can't really like practice marriage, so but you can go hang out with other couples who are married.
0: Yeah, because we tend to romanticize marriage of like, oh, it'll just be so great, you know, and. Um, it is great, but it is also hard and you're there and, you know, the husband comes home late from work and the wife's had a long day and can tell like, you know, that's, that's difficult. And like, how do they work that out? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, they're tired and trying to take care of the kids well and entertain or whatever it might be like, yeah, this is real life. Like, it's not just peaches and cream. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So that's number two is to hang out with married couples in various stages. And we do, I know we just emphasize little kids, but I think it's important to see the various stages too, you know, Mm -hmm. hang out with newly engaged couples, ask them, what was it like the whole process of engagement and being newlyweds and hang out with couples who are further along and have older kids and talk with them, ask them questions. It's you're kind of, just like if you were to go to a convent and ask questions about what it's like living in that community, ask, mm-hmm. what's it like living in the vocation of marriage? And yeah, I, I think that um you'd learn a lot if you ask the questions instead of just assuming you knew what it was like.
0: Yeah. Even the question that comes to mind is asking things like, so what was marriage modeled for you in life? And then was that looked differently, like from a Catholic standpoint, you know, like how did you have to translate things? That's that's one of the tricky things about marriage is we see examples of it, but they're often not Catholic examples. There's always things that are good and true and beautiful that, you know, just because someone's not Catholic or they don't live out their Catholic perfectly, that doesn't mean there's not still true, good, and beautiful things there. But at the same time, like we're called to a different way of living out our marriage and relationship with one another. Like, what does, that, what does that look like for you and how, what's your journey been like? And I think any couple could tell you who's striving for holiness in the Catholic Church that, you know, uh, the example they're given and often the ideal that they're going after, there's there's a difference there, you know, just because we live in a fallen world. So what, what's that been like? And, um, yeah, how to, how to try to tackle that.
1: Very good. It's time for our mid-show break and Catholic Hack. Catholic this week. I'm kind of surprised we haven't done this one yet.
0: I am too. And I actually practiced this myself within yeah. the last couple of weeks.
1: Yes. It is a podcast called Pray More Novenas. And it's really brilliant, actually. It's so simple. What they do is anytime there's a major novena coming up. So anytime before a major feast day or solemnity, there is a novena that the church can pray together. And of course you can pray these novenas at any time too. It doesn't have to just be the nine days prior to the feast day or solemnity. But what they do is they have a podcast and each day they read the novena for you. So if you're really bad at novenas and finishing them, you subscribe to the podcast, and it will automatically show up on your phone each day. Here's the novena prayer for today. And it's like lined up perfectly with the day that it's supposed to be on is the day that it posts. And you just listen in. So it'd be super easy to do if you just have a little trigger for yourself. Like when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm going to pull open my novena and pray along with it. When I get in the car, that's when I'm going to pull open my podcast before I head out the door for the first time each day, and that's when I'm going to be listening to the novena. So check it out. It's the Pray More Novenas podcast. Great Catholic hack. And you'll pray more novenas if you do it.
0: And the other option is you can have them email the novena to you. So if you don't want to listen on a podcast, if you just want to actually just read and pray, also email.
1: Two options.
0: Two options. What more could you want?
1: What more could you want?
0: So we are looking at, how to discern it in this episode, specifically matrimony. And we've covered two other ways to discern or prepare for the vocation of marriage. We've looked at number one, ask the Lord if you're called to the priesthood or religious life. And number two, hang out with married couples in various stages of life. Lisa, you want to share with us our third way of discerning?
1: Yes. And because this is the How to Change Catholic podcast, these are practical ways of discerning, not necessarily spiritual ways. So I would say, of course, pray. That's mm. not going to be on our list because we're going very practical. Yeah. So the third one is to study the church's teachings on marriage. Not because marriage is a calculated thing that you do, but because it's important to comprehend and understand, well, what is this vocation? So looking at kind of what Kevin talked about a Vision at the beginning, but getting a little more deep into that and understanding, well, what is the vocation of marriage? What am I saying yes to? So... I think this is important because a Catholic marriage is a little more complicated than a civil marriage because there's actually some rules to it. This isn't just two people fall in love, you get married. Well, no, yes, but no, because in the Catholic Church, there's things like you can't get divorced. Like that's not an option.
0: Uh, divorce and remarried would probably be the. I mean, obviously, divorce is not what you're supposed to do. Right. But divorce is possible as Catholic. You just can't
1: get divorced or remarried. Unless your marriage is annulled. Correct. Which then says that, well, the marriage was never valid to begin with. Correct. So it's a little more complicated. It's not just a simple go to divorce court and. Yeah. Yeah. There's lo- there's, it, it's a lifelong consequences when you get married in the Catholic Church. Totally. Second thing the Catholic Church asks of us is that you be open to life. And that is part of your wedding vows. Mm -hmm. is you actually vow to accept children into your marriage. So that's kind of important to think about and know before you get married in the Catholic Church. Absolutely. (laughs) That you cannot willfully choose to not be open to life. Now, obviously, God will choose whether or not to bless you with life in a natural way, but uh, you have to be open to life. That's something you commit to. Also, if you marry someone of a different faith, so they're Lutheran or they're Anglican or something, you still have to get married in the Catholic Church. So you can't be a Catholic who got married in a Lutheran church, and your 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 marriage would not be sanctioned or blessed by the Catholic Church. So it wouldn't be a Catholic marriage. Yep. So there's things like that. So it's important to kind of understand, well, what are the church's teachings on marriage? And I mean, these are things that you want to find out late in the process. Like, you don't want like to be engaged and later on be like, oh, I had no idea that that was a requirement. So, read the church documents. There's some really great documents out there. Um, I will link to a couple of books. One that comes to mind is Three to Get Married by Fulton Sheen. That's mm-hmm. really the classic on classic for Catholic sure. marriage. In the Catechism, if you look in paragraphs 1601 to 1666, that is the section on marriage. Obviously, you can just Google that. And I will put a link to a website or a page, I should say, on Vatican.va, which is the Vatican's website, where all of the Church's documents on marriage are. So things like Humanae Vitae, JP2's letter to families, Casti Canubi, which is chastity and marriage, which was written by Pope Pius XII. So it's all there. And it's, it's, I think, a beautiful thing to read and understand what the Church is saying and speaking about on the sacrament of marriage as you're discerning.
0: Mm -hmm. That's
1: number three. You ready for number four, Kevin? I'm
0: ready for number four. Number four is practice being selfless. So again, we talked earlier about marriage being countercultural. And in our culture today, it's really it's all about yourself and whatever you want to do. And we have this total sense of extended adolescence that happens in early, mid, and late, and sometimes 30s as well um, early, early, late, mid twenties, and then sometimes 30 as well, where it's just all about me. And so that's very jarring from when you get married and you realize it's all not about me. It's about this other person and it's about our children and learning to really give up yourself and die of yourself to say, yeah, it's not about my friends hanging out with my friends this weekend. It's about what does my spouse need? Like, well, how can I help them out? Because they've been trying to help me out all week. How can I do that as well? Or w- what attention do my children need? Like, those are totally my thoughts as a father and husband. And I think that process can either be really easy or can be really hard based on whether you're, you're really practicing living out for yourself. And so I think for those who um, aren't in their vocation yet, I think especially um, just really working on this. So um, when you make commitments... Don't flake out, like give yourself over to your friends in a lot of ways to say like, okay, I'm going to help this friend or I'm going to see how they're doing or they they need me this weekend. So there's something else that's more fun, but I'm here for my friend because that's that's what virtue looks like and that's going to prepare me for marriage as well. Um, so volunteer, um, yeah, really give of yourself I think is is really huge in a way that's it's not on your terms because that's what marriage is going to be. It's not going to be on your terms. You're going to deal with a another person who needs you in a way that's um, very unique to them. And uh, just getting used to that, I think, is is really important.
1: Yeah, I think that, that it's key to uh, giving of yourself when it's not convenient. Mm. <laughs> because I think sometimes it's like, oh, we're really generous with our time. And it's like are you or is it just when it's easy that's when you're happy to help but yeah sometimes you need to make yourself help when you don't want to like yep. that friend who's moving and you're like oh that would be really annoying i don't want to give up my whole saturday to help my friend move that doesn't sound like fun do that that's yeah. how you be selfless yeah because i can't tell you how many times in the middle of the night i'm like my baby's crying i have to go feed him I don't want to. Like, Can somebody else please do this? And the answer is no. Yep. Nobody else can. And yep. there's so many times in marriage and in family life where you don't get to choose when you get to be, quote, selfless. It's, it's not really being selfless when you get to choose it.
0: Yeah, I think we've heard from young adults at times where they're committed to something and then all of a sudden they'll say, oh, I don't think I feel called to that anymore. And you're like, I think it's just because you don't want to. To give when it hurts. Like, there's nothing to do with your spiritual calling. It's to mm-hmm. do with your selfishness, you know? And um mm-hmm. I think there's just that there huge, huge tendency in our world today, and we spiritualize it in the Catholic Church of saying, I don't feel called when in reality it's I don't want to give. Mm-hmm. And um, I think just fighting that and even over overcompensating to say, nope, not gonna do that. I said I was going to. I'm I'm a dedicated friend, or I'm a loyal volunteer or whatever it is to say, not
1: gonna, not gonna live that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Imagine if when our kid got sick, we were like, I just don't feel called to care for this child right now. Like, (laughs) oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Just to be like, well, somebody else can deal with it. I just
0: don't feel called to help my wife this weekend on her project, even though it's really important to her. I just, I just don't know if God's calling me. No, it's,
1: I don't feel called to make dinner anymore. <laughs> I want to say that a lot. <laughs> I don't feel uh, called to do laundry for other people anymore. Well, this is and this um. is the
0: be- This is like the beauty of marriage and family life is because it, in some ways, forces you. Mm-hmm. You know, like those statements are so ridiculous. You know, but it just forces you to give up yourself. I was thinking of. Um, I saw a clip today. Prince William is that his name? I think so got married to the American. This is like how bad I am. They just had their baby today? Yeah, they just had their baby today. And uh-huh. like to see his reaction, like Prince William, like the party boy, you know, mm-hmm. and you could just tell like, oh, you're a dad. Like you you, you could just tell, for, uh, you know, um, he, his he, reaction.
1: The Part of his like statement was like, women are amazing.
0: Yeah, right? Like, and just like, yeah. uh-huh. That's what happens when you get married. Like, not always, but a lot of times like men all of a sudden they like wake up and decide to live differently because they see... You're in a situation where you're like, how could I not love this woman in front of me or this child in front of me, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Love this woman for the fact that she just gave birth to this child. Yeah. Because it's intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I think that's enough on that. So basically, yeah, we're we're saying um, stop being lazy. Um, Selfish. Follow through with your commitments because if you want to know what it's like to be married and live in that vocation, it's just death to self, like... Mm -hmm. Over and over and over again. Yeah. But that's not a despair, despair, dis- a remark of despair. <laughs> it's just a reality.
0: Good. Number five.
1: Live in the reality. That's what we're saying. Yes. Number five would be go on dates. Mm-hmm. So if you are trying to discern whether or not you're called to marriage and you're thinking that's the direction that you're headed, well, go on some dates, actually, Go on dates because marriage requires a life partner, so you have to be intentional about finding one. And sometimes, yeah, things happen when you're not expecting them or God might show up in a season in your life when you're focusing on something else. But if you are actively discerning marriage, part of that process then is going on dates. So uh, questions to ask yourself if you're having trouble finding a date. finding people to discern or to consider this option within the future is are you putting yourself out there? Like, are you putting yourself in positions and places to be able to connect with like minded people or people who you might want to consider pursuing a future with? So are you going to Catholic events for singles and young adults? Are you maybe, um, you know, what's your work environment like? Are you surrounding yourself with people who are on the same page as you? Um, online dating might be an option for you. I think more and more that's something where it used to be taboo, but I think more and more it's pretty normal. It's not like oh, the weird desperate people like, No, we know a lot of people who met their spouses online. if you're curious, we have a whole episode on that, how to online dating. It's season four, episode 12 with my friend Jill. So you can check that out. I'll put that in the show notes. One thing we had a friend do was he specifically asked us, he said, hey, do you know anybody who might be a good match for me? Could you introduce me to people who you think potentially I could Um, have a good relationship with and so asking those people around you to introduce you to people is another way of putting yourself out there So you really just want to be able to think outside the box and um, sorry there's a child at the door (laughs) I'm a little distracted she has her rainbow dash pajamas on and she looks very sad yep definitely getting the fat lip she's not crying why don't
0: I go to the next one Okay. And then you can maybe hope, hope that child. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go to number six, but first, I think I've probably hurt people out there because what I was really saying, it's not Prince William, it's Prince Harry. I totally messed that up. So apologies to our listeners who like died how badly I was butchering that. Um, but number six, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Number six is work to put your life in order so when the time comes, you can be free to get married. And so... Um, marriage is joining of two lives. So do what you can now to make it less chaotic and more clear to be able to do that. So if your finances are a mess, you have a lot of student loans, like it's a great time to, to fix that, to get better at that. So when you're married, it doesn't become a huge obstacle and challenge. Um, if you need domestic skills like cooking in order to, um, have your marriage, you know, that's a key part of marriage is is food. Like, great, learn learn how to cook.
1: And like, I would say domestic skills aren't just, like, traditional female skills. But, like, if you're going to own a home one day, like, basic maintenance skills. Yeah. <laughs> like, So, yeah, I, I don't, I think that one, we're not trying to, like, put into boxes there. Like, I think, actually, it's great for both husband and wife to n- know how to do the basics of everything. I agree. Because, There'll be times where one of you is going to be sick and it's like, well, if I don't know how to mow the lawn, we're in trouble, right? <laughs> like, yep. Yep. so we both need to know the basics of life skills.
0: Yeah. Adulting, as the kids call it. Yeah.
1: Work on your adulting. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: I'm so not a fan of that phrase. It's like, just learn how to do it. Stop calling be a human. it something else. <laughs> um, you know, if you're awkward around kids, like figure it out. Like get around kids, you know, guess what? In marriage, you're going to be around kids because you'll have your own and it'll be different because you have your own, but don't wait. Learn now.
1: Just hang tight. Yep.
0: Still dying. Um, You know, if if there's something you need healing on, um, yeah, find, find ways to not bring that into marriage as baggage. If you don't need to find, find ways to work through that and process that now so yeah don't wait start now it's really going to clear up a lot of things I think for your your marriage and you're going to be happy that you worked on it because yeah when you get to that stage you want to be able to to really uh, make it as clear a path as possible
1: Mm -hmm. and be free yeah be free to enter into that vocation with freedom yep yeah All right, that's our episode for today it's time for a how-to challenge though Mm mm-hmm Our how to challenge is for, it's gonna be twofold. If you are single, we want you to go back to that step one. If you have never asked the Lord if he's calling you to the priesthood or religious life, to make that prayer and ask that and start there. And if the answer is yes, then ask yourself, what's my next step in this process? If I feel called to marriage and now is a time where I feel called to actively pursue that. If you're in high school, don't worry. (laughs) You've got time, right? Or if you're just starting grad school and you, you know, you you are, you know, stay open, God might introduce somebody to you. But if like you've got a focus in your head in that direction right now, that's really fun too. Okay. Now, if you're married, this is a challenge we've done before, but we want you to introduce two single people who you think could maybe make a good match. Yeah. Have a little dinner party. Get some people over. Maybe invite like, Two guys and two girls, so it's not as obvious what you're doing, mm. but uh, you know, yeah, make an introduction. That's good, they might thank you for it one day,
0: yeah, that's how great is that when you introduce people who get married?
1: It's the best,
0: yeah, it's you're like, I helped with that, mm-hmm, pretty awesome, very cool. Well, that was our show today, Lisa. I just want to say, I'm glad I'm married to you. So that's really fun. Good read reflection. Thanks, Uh everyone, for listening in and dealing with that that line, but it's true. Love my wife. If you'd like to connect with us, our email is hello at magdemagnify.com, or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter, or Lisa Ann Cotter, that's Ann with no E. As always, if you enjoyed this show, please give a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions, and tell a friend. This helps get the word out about how to Catholic. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it.